Heavenly Father, we honour your presence over our lives today. We honour your presence in our midst. It's the reason we've come together today is to, is to lift your name high over this nation and over our lives. As your family, as your whanau, come together across this nation on this day. We pray and we stand together as your family, as your body of Christ. We declare that this nation, New Zealand, is a nation that belongs to you. We declare today, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of this nation. There is no God in heaven or on earth that is besides you, O Lord. With love and compassion, mercy and righteousness, you govern the world, you govern our land. Father, we pray today for our, our nation. We pray in this hour and these days that your name, that the name of Jesus would be exalted in every town, every village, every neighborhood. Jesus, you say that the whole earth shall be filled. The whole earth shall be filled with your glory, with the knowledge, the, the awareness of who you are, that you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are Lord Almighty. Jesus, we hold your word over our lives and over our nation today. Jesus, as you stood at the very gates of hell and made that declaration, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus, we give you all the glory. We rejoice in you, O Lord. Come on, one more time. Come on, just offer somebody next to you. Come on. Give them a hug. Amazing people. Let's find a seat. So glad that you could be here today. Thank you, Pastor Kate. Amazing woman. You're an amazing wife. Amazing pastor. Great prophet. Prophetess. Amazing. I want to just encourage you. Um, today is a day not to be anxious and worried about what God is doing or what's happening in our nation. Because at times like this, uh, I, I know our prime minister has, you know, did some Muslim things, some Muslim, opened some Muslim prayer. But I want to encourage you. Our God is far greater than that. Don't you worry about that. Far, far greater. There is nothing impossible for the Lord, i tell you that. There's times where I've stood in uh, some of the largest mosques in the world <laughs> and prayed and prayed in tongues. And uh, I know right now that uh, the power, the supernatural power of the, of the Holy Spirit and the love of Jesus Christ will open the door for any heart, any heart. I know of, I'm personally friends with one of the uh, leading imams in the world, and uh, he's been touched by the power of God. Uh, Pastor Mike prayed for him, and he, <laughs> and he fell over. And, and uh, 
so I know he, he's experienced the power of God. And what we need at this time in, in our nation is people to carry the reality of Jesus Christ and the reality of his power in our lives. Not just come to church and just clap and pat, but every day that we would have a, an experience with the power of God, that the supernatural power and the love of Jesus Christ would flow through our lives. And I can tell you now, even Islam's, even uh, Muslims' eyes are opened to the power of God when they experience the supernatural. It says it in the, it says it in the Quran that, 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 that Isa was anointed of the Holy Spirit and he worked signs and wonders and miracles. And so when, I tell you now, when Muslims see signs and wonders and miracles done in the name of Jesus Christ, their eyes are opened and he, they realize that he's not just a prophet, but he is the living God. He is the Son of God. Don't believe me? I've already been there. I've, I've can testify it to you. And I want to encourage you, don't be afraid of that. Just keep your heart focused on the Lord. Keep your heart focused on a relationship with Him. Allow Him to touch your heart. Allow His presence to flow through your life. Never be intimidated by, by people or what's going on around you. Our God is greater. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Amen? Amen? All right. I really want to encourage you this morning. There's something that I feel in God speaking to my heart. Thank you, guys. Amazing job. I love our worship team. You work really hard. Thank you to our media team too. Look at you up there, they work. Yeah. You guys are nearly on every Sunday and you take what we have here and then you broadcast it to the world and uh, what you do is just an amazing. So we honour and value you today. Uh, I want to encourage you, uh, one of the things I feel in my heart and the message today is the eve of greatness the eve of greatness. And I believe that uh, all of us uh, are created to be great or express greatness in different ways. You serve a great God. You are made in the image of a great and almighty God. You carry his image. You carry his spirit inside of you. God is great. And if you're created in his image, then surely there is greatness inside of you. Hello? It's greatness inside of you. Uh, I believe in many respects uh, at, at a national level in our church and also for you personally that we are on the eve of greatness in many respects. It's, pretty, it's exciting that there is a, a day coming where things will shift and you will be exposed into a greater level of freedom and greater level uh, of impact, both of you individually and for us as a church, and also, I believe, as a nation. Um, one of the things I want to encourage you is this, that, that there is a spiritual dynamic that operates over our lives and in the unseen spirit realm. And, and church is never just about, a, just about a physical or relational thing, although it is much of that. There's also a spiritual dynamic that operates over people's lives. There's a spiritual dynam not dyna dynamic that operates around your heart, around your life, around your place of work, around, our, our, uh, around this place. And it affects people. It's a, there's a, always a, a spiritual contention that operates. And for many, many times, it's easy to uh, be so caught up in what we see or what we feel that we miss out that actually there's a spiritual contention that's going on around our lives for the destinies of people. I can promise you right now that there is a spiritual contention going on around your life and your heart for your destiny and for your future. Not just for you, but your family and for generations after you. What you do with that will affect 
Generations, what we do, how we respond to spiritual influences affect what happens in and around our life. Oh. <laughs> many, are, many people are often unaware or they don't often make the connection with what is happening in me or around me to actually, and it's always connected to the work of Christ that he's wanting to build something in us. You may be experiencing tension. You may be experiencing uh, pain in your life. You may be experiencing difficulty. You, whatever you're experiencing in your life, nothing is, nothing is happening without a purpose. Nothing is happening without a reason. I believe this, that God is always working in our heart. Our, His Spirit is always at work in our lives, trying to mold us and working with us to mold us and to bring us into maturity in Christ, to raise us up. Uh, that we are sons and daughters uh, of the Most High God. The Spirit of the Lord always works in our heart. And when you are facing tension, when you are facing things happening around you, maybe financially or relationally or in your heart, if you are finding yourself getting upset, I want to tell you right now, maybe it is quite likely that it's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is wanting to work into your life, not just to keep you down, but to break off every chain that has been binding you, that has been holding you, and to bring you up into a place of greatness. I can tell you now, I feel it in my own spirit. I can feel tension. I can feel it happening around this place. You may not be aware, but some of you may be, that even during the week, this particular week, a 14-year-old girl came here, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, on the way to, to commit suicide in this place here. The police found her before she, before she uh, did anything. But I want to tell you right now, that is just an indication that where people are feeling depressed, where people are free, feeling suicidal, where people are feeling like there's no hope, when people are feeling like uh, all hope is gone, where people are feeling uh, angry, where people are feeling uptight, I can tell you right now, there's the work of the Holy Spirit that's wanting to work inside of your life and that there is an agitation that will happen in the demonic atmosphere around your life to try and stop you or to try and to hinder you. I promise you that. The question is, what are you going to do? What will you do? Will you get all uptight or will you come to your place, come to the place before the throne of God and say, Holy Spirit, I don't understand what's going on, but I know that you are working inside of me. And today, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. I open my heart. I open my ears to you. I open every part of my being to you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak into my life today, that your presence would come into me, that your presence would work afresh inside of my life. I can tell you if you hold a disposition like that, there'll be a breakthrough, a new day will merge inside of your life. Yeah, I ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, there's a, a scripture I want to bring out to you today. It's an amazing story. I'm just going to, there's so much in it, but I'm just going to just really cut it down to a, a couple of things. But there's this, I'm going to just pick up on Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Genesis chapter 20 and verse 50. How many people here today, you could look back in your life and say, I wish I did not do that. <laughs> if only I could go back in time and just undo that or just not do that at all. I really, some may even bear the physical scars on you. Yeah, I just went a little bit overboard with that and shouldn't have done that. Some people bear the 
emotional scars or the spiritual scars in your life, do you still remember? But I can guarantee that many of us would reflect back in our life and think, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> but I want to tell you there is hope. Nothing ever happens without a reason. And the Bible says here uh, in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, this is Joseph. Now, Joseph, this has come to the, uh, where his family is, has been reconciled again, and his father's been reconciled to the sons, and the, son, and the brothers have been reconciled to brothers. It's amazing what you see, what's happening in the world today, that there is a move of fatherhood, that there is a, a joining of fathers to sons again. It is not coincidence, I can tell you that. But there's also another movement, I believe, that will happen as well, and that is the connection of brothers to brothers again. Brothers to brothers, fathers to sons and brothers to brothers. So the Bible says here in, in, in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, it says, you intended to harm me. You intended or you meant to do me harm. It was your intention to do me harm. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. Somebody say now being done. But God meant it. God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Somebody said the saving of many lives. I can tell you right now, there is many lives that need to be saved as a result of your life. Not just me, but to us collectively, for you personally. There are lives, there are, God, there are people that God has destined you, lives that God has destined us to impact and bring hope to. Amazing. For the saving of many lives, so then do not be afraid, for I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. The mark of a powerful leader is to speak kindly to people. I was just looking about the eve of greatness, the eve. The eve is the day or the moment in time, the period of time before a new day or before a new season. The eve of greatness. Before people become great, before people walk into a, into a, a season of greatness, there is all, always a day or a season that precedes that. And I want to encourage you today that that day or that season that precedes greatness one of the things you'll discover is it's a very tough time. <laughs> it's a very, very tough time. Uh, and if you get caught up in it, and if you lose sight, that actually you're suffering, your pain, whether it's self-imposed or whether it's something that has been done to you, there is a purpose to it. And there is a way, no matter what you have done or what has been done to you, there is a way that you can redeem the past. Yes! <laughs> there is a way that you can redeem the past. There is a way, no matter what you have done, no matter what has been done to you, that there is a way that there is a better future for you. That's real hope. One of the, when I was reading, I, I've just been reading a lot in the, New, in the Old Testament, and one of the things that you'll notice Two of the most dynamic relationships throughout Scripture that affected generations that affected generations and nations was one 
the dynamic between fathers and sons, and two, the dynamic between siblings. You look at all through the book of Genesis, you'll see that there are issues, or even through the Bible, you'll see that there's issues between fathers and sons, and that there's issues between siblings, Cain and Abel, Esau, Ishmael, all, all of these, that you'll find that Whenever there was tension or you'll find, I don't know if you have, you've got brothers or sisters or anything like that, you may get on well, but sometimes you find that there are tensions that come between family members. There's tensions that come between siblings. There's jealousies that arise. There's favoritisms that, that happen. Also, maybe you here today have experienced the pain, uh, family pain of a relationship between you or a father or you and your siblings. I believe that we're in a time where God is restoring fatherhood to the church, but he's also restoring brotherhood. And there's a very, very big reason. There's a reason, and it's not just natural brothers, but actually spiritual brothers as well. Hello? There's a very good reason behind it as well. And so this story is about the reconciliation of Joseph and his brothers. And as I started to read that, I started to look at the life of Joseph. But there was a particular person that I honestly haven't really thought about too much. I've heard about it, but I thought I'd study his, his, his name. And one of the people in there who was the instigator, one of the instigators of Joseph's misery was his older brother, the fourth son of Jacob. His name was Judah. When I started to look and study that, interesting, Judah was one of the most strongest and most powerful men to walk the face of the earth at that time. Judah, there's a reason why you are known, or we are known today as the church, he is known as the lion of the tribe of... There's a reason behind that. There is a, a significant meaning why, there's a significant reason why Jesus Christ has based his legacy that we as the body of Christ are known as the connected to the, uh, 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 the tribe of Judah. It's not because it was just a random name, but there was something about ha what happened in Judah's life that caused him to set a legacy that even today that we acknowledge. That spiritually speaking, we are connected to the tribe of Judah. It's not just because it's a good idea, because something happened in his life that transformed his life and his family that affected generations to today. Judah was an incredibly strong man. There, there was no person, there was no individual that he could not take down. There was no person or there was no group of people that, were, that he could not manhandle to the ground, no problem at all. He was incredibly strong. He could, on his feet, he could hunt down a deer. He could hunt down a wild boar. He, could, he was physically that strong. There were other uh, testaments, there were other write, uh, historical writings about how strong and how powerful he was. He also describes that actually uh, there were two kings that he could drag off a horse and pummel to the ground and destroy. He was an incredibly strong and powerful man. There was no person on the face of the earth at that, around him, they could dominate him physically. Even the Hebrews 
wrote stories and legends about him. One of the legends they wrote about him was this. He, even his hair was so strong that when he got fired up, his chest hair poked through his shirt. That's tough. You think you're tough? This boy here, he was as strong as a bull. He had strength in every capacity around his life. He was quite like Pete Kirsten. He was as strong as a bull, man. He was just, legend has it that he would, he could, he could fight off a lion. He could fight off a bear. Physically, he was one of the most intimidating and most strongest men that you could ever come up against. But that is not what made him great. One of the other things we also see is this, when I studied, was one of the things he, one of the things he was faced was with alcohol. One of the things he was, chased, he was challenged with was issues of his heart. Two things he had a problem with. One was alcohol, and the other one was an eye for the woman. Another thing was the love of money or greed. All of these things he faced in his heart. It wasn't what he was physically capable of doing that made him great, but what happened in his heart. One of the things we noticed was this. In the early days, he was incredibly envious of his brother. His brother Joseph, his dad, had and we talk about today privilege. You know, we talk about today, we hear the word privilege or favoritism. He was on the opposite side of that. So he experienced the favoritism of his father towards his younger son. As his younger son, his younger brother was the one that got the, the coat of many colors. The Bible says even in those early days, they were angry, they were upset about how, of the dreams that his, 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 his younger brother Joseph had. He was upset at the favoritism that was poured out over his younger brother. How many people here today, you've been unfairly treated in some way? You understand the pain of what that's like? When somebody, uh, when a father bestows favor upon one individual of the family and you get missed out. It's a very real pain. It's easy for bitterness to arise in the heart. He was envious of his brother Joseph. He initiated the selling of Joseph as a slave. He lied to his father about what had happened. And then he offered comfort to his father, all the while knowing exactly what he had done. He sold his brother. And this is the man whose legacy formed the house of David and the lion of the tribe of Judah. It doesn't matter how rough and tough you think you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what is going on inside of your life. It doesn't matter what your past is like. It doesn't matter how physically strong you think you are. That is not where your greatness is. There is something that shifted inside of his heart. And I want to help you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. In Genesis chapter 44, one of the things that we see 
and verse 18, time, time goes on and, and, and Joseph has come to the, 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 the top of, of Egypt. And then there was a, his brothers had come back again. They didn't know it was Joseph. But the, there's a scripture here in Genesis chapter 44, verse 18. It said, now Judah went up to him and said, listen to the eloquence of his speech. Listen to the disposition of how now he is talking. We're talking about somebody who got, who was that strong and who was that powerful and who was that macho, who was that aggressive that he could, he could there was not a man that could, he could take down. He was not intimidated by a single man on the face of the earth. And all of a sudden, a few years later, we see this. Judah went up to him and said, pardon your servant. My Lord, let me speak a word to you, my Lord, and do not be angry with your servant, for you are equal to Pharaoh yourself himself. He goes down, we're talking about now his other younger brother, Benjamin, had been taken and been held. He goes in verse 32, your servant has guaranteed the boy's safety to my father. And I said, if I do not bring him back to you, I will carry the blame before you, my father, all of my life. Now then, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. And let the boy Benjamin return with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if Benjamin, my younger brother, is not with me? No, let, do not let me see the miser misery that would come on my father. What a remarkable change. What a remarkable change from somebody who'd experienced favoritism, who got so wound up in his heart that he sold his brother as a slave. Now, years down the track, there's another younger brother who happens to also be favored. So essentially, 20 years later, 20 years has gone by. And now he's, he's still experiencing the same treatment from his father. One of the things you notice is you read about his, his father, 20 years later, as a grown man, he's about 40 years of age at this point of time. His father is still demonstrating favoritism towards another younger brother. His father is essentially saying, whatever happens, just look after my boy. I'm not really care what happens after you. Whatever happens, just look after, make sure the other boy comes home. Even after all these years, he is still on the other side of privilege. He is still being preferred from his father over somebody. His father is still preferring his younger brother over him. Basically, it's a repeat of the same thing that happened all those years ago. What's happened? The more I started to look at it, you can't help notice that there is quite a remarkable change in the disposition of a man who could hunt down a boar, that could pull kings off horses, that could take hold of an army by himself, to now coming saying, Lord, I give my life as a sacrifice, as a ransom for my father's younger brother here. Over here, he was all okay to lie to his old man, show his old man false comfort, pretend like something else had happened. But now over here, even when his father's behavior hasn't changed towards him, his whole demeanor has changed. Now he's got bigger in his heart. Something has shifted inside of his spirit that now he is giving his life as a ransom for somebody else who was favored. 
What a remarkable transformation that's happened within a man. My question was, what happened? (laughs) Interesting that something had grown inside of his heart that now caused him to get over offense. I'll tell you what, when you're favored by somebody else, put your hearts into knots. When it looks like somebody else has been preferred and nothing's changed, it's very, very easy to get bitter. It's very, very easy to get wound up on the inside and say, it ain't fair. But something took place inside of his heart that shifted his disposition. Even after all these years, he's still facing favoritism towards another brother. But somehow something has shifted inside of his heart that he no longer is so well. He didn't say, oh, just let the boy there. I've just forgotten about it. No, no, there was something else that took. The remarkable change that happened in his heart. I can tell you this. The more I looked at it, the more I studied it, and it became very apparent. What happened was simply this, fatherhood. (laughs) Fatherhood. Before he had more than happy to sell out his son, his brother, more than happy to sell out his dad. One of the things is, he never knew what it was like to be a, a, a father. He never knew what it was like to, to love a son that way. One of the things we noticed also was, it wasn't just that he became a, a husband, he also became a father, but he lost both his wife and he's lost his two sons suddenly. Essentially what happened was he went through a whole pile of pain and a whole pile of grief. You think you're going through some pain right now? I want to tell you, there is an Eve to your greatness. You may have experienced loss of a wife or a husband. You may have experienced, I even know today, there was somebody watching online, you've already lost two sons. You think your world's falling apart. But one of the things about Judah was this. His strength was found not in his physical capabilities. Where he found his strength was his ability to open his heart up to the Lord and allow the Lord to come and touch and heal his heart. Sometimes the Lord uses pain to break down our pride and to break down our arrogance. There's something about being a parent that teaches you grace. (laughs) There's something about being a a father or mother that teaches you, that softens your heart in some ways. There's something about pain that causes you to reflect on life. There's something about tragedy that causes us either to withdraw and to get bitter or to respond and allow the Lord to heal our heart. For me, I'm not the strongest man in the world by any chance, but I can hunt a deer. <laughs> but actually, for me, that's why I'm going to this course next, next week, uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. Because I want God to allow my, to heal my heart. Judah's ability to empathize deeply with his father's experiencing was because he's now understood what it was meant to be a father. Now he understood what it meant to lose a son. Now he understands the love of a father. 
Now he understands what it's like to walk through grief. Now he understands what it's like to walk through pain. See, pain can either be something that can crush our lives or it can be something that the Lord can shape us with. Relational pain, the pain with our natural father, the pain with our natural mother, the pain with people around us, the pain of loss, the pain of grief. All these things can either cause our heart to knot up and to twist up and to become very bitter or they can allow our heart to soften and that the grace of God would come and manifest in our life. No one else can make that change except you or I. No one else can cause it to go either way except the choices that you and I make, our response. Some people, they grow old before their time because they hold on to bitterness. Some people today, I know guys that you'll hear today, you'll face rejection and preferential treatment by your father towards other brothers or other siblings. And it's caused your heart to knot up. You may not feel it, you may not think it, but actually it's there. And it comes out in the way that you relate. But if you allow your heart to soften, it's amazing that this was the measure of Judah's greatness, that he didn't remain mired in his pain, but he grew spiritually out of it. He took tragedy and used it as the soil for empathy, compassion, forgiveness, and self-sacrifice. He was the one to step forward when the hour demanded it because he was the one that knew the pain of loss and grief. He was the one who extended himself for the redemption of somebody who was preferred over him. <laughs> he was the one that put his life on the line for another favored son. He was the one that put his life on the line to sacrifice. When he did that, that is when the grace of God poured out over his life. You want to experience an outpouring of the grace of God over your life? One, you've got to allow God to heal your heart. <laughs> you also got to allow yourself to be laid on the line at times. There's a reason why Jesus is as exalted as he is. Because he laid his life on the line for people like you and me, his sons and daughters. Jesus never held anything back. Interesting that the effect of this change, one, his humility, the second, his self-sacrifice. One, he redeemed the past. You may not be able to change the facts or the intent of what you did back in those years. Interesting, go back to this Genesis chapter 50 again. You meant it, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. One of the things you notice about what his humility, it wasn't his physical strength or his big voice or his whiskers or his chest hair or his capacity to tear open the mouth of a lion or anything like that. It wasn't any of that that caused him to be great. It caused him to be great in one respect, but what truly caused him to be great was his ability to get onto his knees and allow God to heal his heart. In doing so, he was able to redeem the past. It doesn't change the intent or the facts, but interesting, the word used was you intended it or you meant it for good, or you meant it for evil. And in other words, it doesn't change the facts about what you did. 
when you did that, what you did, you did it with a, an intent to cause me harm. But because you changed your heart, because you had truly repented in your heart, like Pastor Mike said, you just doesn't, haven't changed your behavior. But you have allowed God to deal with your heart. You have allowed yourself to come before. You've allowed yourself to be broken before the Lord. Because you have done that, therefore, you don't change the facts, but the significance or the meaning of what you have done has now been changed. All of us have done things that we regret or shouldn't have done. We can dwell on it all we like. But when you come to a place of repentance, it doesn't necessarily change the facts. You can't go back and change that. But you can change the significance. You can change the meaning. What you intended to do for bad, because of repentance, because of true repentance, because of humility, it releases the grace of God upon your life that transforms the significance of what happened. Hello? Hello? So there's hope for the future. No matter what you're facing right now, no matter what's happened in your past, the key is not your physical strength. Your key is not going to be how much you are, how much money you have, how strong you are, how this, how, all, all of those are wonderful, but it's not going to truly release the grace of God upon your life. What truly releases the grace and causes you to become great is your humility. What we can change is the significance, not the facts. We can change the meaning of what's happened. We can't change the facts. Whatever has happened in your past, you can change the meaning of it by humility. That's jolly good news. Some of you all really need to know that. My failures in the past were failures, they were mistakes. But because of humility, grace has been poured out. The second thing he did as a result of humility was he brought healing and blessing to his whole family. Some people keep their family in poverty and separated because you're just darn too proud. Say that again, Rodney. <laughs> I love what Andy Lowe said in terms of business. He said, actually, he said, the only thing you've ever got to lose really is your pride in New Zealand. His humility, his willingness to allow God to heal his heart and lay down his life brought blessing to not only his life, but to his whole family. Third, because he was humble, he was humble enough to get over jealousy. He was humble enough to allow his heart to embrace people that were favored more than he was. He then became the building block for the birth of the nation of Israel. You notice that Genesis finishes with a family that has come together. And when the family comes together, that's when a nation is birthed. 
when different brothers from different, my brother from a different mother, <laughs> in a spiritual sense, when different brothers in the church, different brothers across the body of Christ come together and put aside differences, they have a heart that's big enough to say, I'll lay down my life for you. I'll give my life, not just talk about it, but I will do it. That is when we can come together and become a nation. That is when we truly become great. When we can humble ourselves. Even if shy is getting preferred treatment. <laughs> no, I'm not very shy. But even if somebody else is experiencing unmerited favor, let jealousy get in your heart. doesn't really matter. It's your humility and the bigness of heart. This then, his humility became the building block for the birth of the nation of Israel. Fourth, the second, fourth thing it did was it changed the course of the future. It set one of the most profound legacies throughout the Bible until this day and for eternity. Forever shall Jesus be known as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Not because he had chest hair that could go through his shirt when he was angry. Because he was strong enough to come before the Lord. Heal my heart, Lord. He was humble enough to allow his wife to speak into her. No, sorry. Not him. He was, allowed, he was humble enough to allow a pastor to come and say, hey, there's something in your heart that needs changing. You may not see it. You may not agree with it. You may want to react to it. But if you're humble enough to come and say, oh, Lord, help me. Help me heal my pain, Lord. I'm, yeah. That is where legacy is formed. That is where greatness is formed. You may be in a place of pain right now. You may be in a place of depression. I want to tell you that even though you're in that space right now, that God is working in your heart. You may be wanting to fight. You may be wanting to run away. You may be wanting to commit. You may be wanting to do all sorts of terrible things. But I want to tell you today, the Holy Spirit is working inside of your heart. It may not feel like it. That's why we don't walk by feelings. Why we walk by faith. And if we would just respond to His presence, respond to somebody speaking into our life. You know, God has got unique ways of getting our, our, our ears more and our hearts more receptive to hear. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to take away a few things. Sometimes you've got to fire something up over here. Something you might have to take, might have to just... Uh, just, just do something to in order you to get to your knees and say, the question is, what will it take for you to get to your knees? Allow a brother to speak into your heart. Get into a men's group. Come to a seminar. I don't think I've heard that seminar before. I'm going to it. I've probably heard stuff before. Maybe not. I don't care. The issue is, will I have a heart that's open to allow the Lord to speak into my heart? Israel became a great nation because Judah allowed his heart to be changed by the Lord through difficult circumstances. It took 20-something years. <laughs> it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen over a week. 
It took 20 years of fighting, drinking, on your knees, not condoning drinking, but fighting, lost, pain, all of those things, to allow God to shape his heart that 20, 30 years down the track, he would be the one that even the Lord Jesus Christ himself would build his legacy upon. See, the Bible says this, that God resists the proud or the arrogant, and he draws near to the humble. Just closing this. Judah's heart was tested by Joseph, believe you me. One of the things that hinders us from becoming great is individual insecurities or internal conflict and pain or individual agendas. On the eve of greatness, humility opens the door. Write that down. Humility is always tested for it to be true and authentic. It's not an intellectual test. It is a test of heart. It's one thing to think or believe you are humble, but it's another thing. It's not part of your character until it's been tested. It's it's not a pass-fail based on what you've done at school. It's not about that. I find my humility is tested on a very regular basis. (laughs) And it's not until you embrace that part, you allow the Lord to break your heart until you get to the point where you are crying until you've got no more tears to go. That point is where the Lord can start to build in your life. Great people have a heart of humility. They are willing and able to be shaped. I had just the great honor of just serving with some great men of God just recently. What stunned me was this, not the capacity to, to move in great power dimensions, was how quickly they could get on their knees and put something right. It was how quickly they could get onto their knees and be shaped. It was how quickly they could get onto their knees and give honour where honour was due. Hello? That's what impresses the Lord most. Not all your good looks, not all your good strengths, not all your giftings and what you have. It's your ability to humble yourself before the Lord. And let him lift you up. I wonder what part of your life are you resisting God? <laughs> Is there a part of your heart that you're just getting all upset about and thinking that the world's against you and praying and fasting for breakthrough? All the while, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm just waiting for you to break down <laughs> so I can build you up again. Quit fighting. <laughs> Allow your heart to be touched by the Lord. There's a time to fight, but there's also a time to get on your knees. If it takes 20, 30, if it takes a lifetime, let it be a lifetime. Whatever loss, darkness, or pain you may be going through right now, it can be, and most likely be, that you are on the eve of greatness. You don't want to get along further in life, standing at the door of eternity, to look back and see, what could have my life have become if I stopped jolly resisting and allowed my heart to be changed? That's why Jesus became the cornerstone because of his humility and his self-sacrifice. Why don't you just close your eyes and just bow your heads?
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Jesus, I thank you so much for your sacrifice. I thank you so much for humility that you are willing to step out of heaven and lay down our life, lay down your life, that I would be saved. Jesus, I thank you so much. Jesus, I thank you that you are so hum- you are humble enough to get on your knees and to wash the most filthy parts of our life, my life, Lord. Jesus, I thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are working amongst us, that you're working in our hearts, not to annoy us or to frustrate us, but to bring us to a place where we would say, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. If you're here today and you're going through some challenges, I want to encourage you. There is greatness inside of your heart. Rebecca, I know that you're here this morning. There is a great call of God upon your life. Where's your sister? Rachel, where's your sister, Rebecca? She's here. There's a great call of God upon your life. It's a great call of God upon your family. They've been wrestling with some stuff right now. But there is greatness inside of you. God is going to use your life to bring hope and freedom to many people. Many people's lives are going to be blessed. People's destinies, people's futures will be saved because you got the strength that you had the ability to overcome the things that you're struggling with in your own heart. God's going to bless your life, sister. I've been praying for you. There's going to be amazing outpouring of grace over your life. And over your daughter, Aurangi, as well. Somebody even watching online, you've lost people, you've lost sons. I want to encourage you today, sir, don't Though you may be in a place of grief, don't stay there. Allow God to soften your heart because there is a great legacy. There is a great grace that God wants to pour out over your life. Stop resisting the Lord. Stop fighting Him. Allow allow your heart to be touched by Him. Come back to the Lord, sir. I love us to right now just stand up to our feet. I love for you just to Open up your heart. Lift up your hands. So we're going to sing and worship one more time. Maybe there's some parts of your life that you've been resisting. You've been fighting the Lord somewhere. Maybe you're going through some pain and you just can't see your way out of it. This message today in some way has touched you, pushed you, poked you, prodded you. And you feel that you need to make a response right now. As we just close and as we finish, I'd love for you to make your way out of the seat. Come to the front and make a declaration. Make a response, a physical response. Say, Lord, I want to come before you today. Lord, I, I need your touch. I need your grace upon my life. I long for your, my heart to be changed by you. If that's you this morning, as we sing, make your way to the front. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so.
presence in our lives today. Father, I pray for every household here. Father, I pray for every person that has responded, even those that are just responding in their heart, Lord. I pray today, Father, that your wonderful grace be poured out over our lives afresh, be poured out over us as a church afresh, over your family. Pray for those, Father, that are in need right now, that are going through challenges. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lift up their eyes, that you would lift up their heads. Lord, cause us to see your hand in our life afresh. Lord, today we choose to walk by faith. Choose today to fix our eyes upon you. That whatever loss, that whatever grief, whatever pain, whatever challenge that we may go inside through our life, Lord, we hold on to your truth today. That all these things work together for the good of those that love you and trust you. Father, today we trust you. We trust your work of your Holy Spirit in our life. Holy Spirit, we submit our year, we submit our will, we submit our lives to you. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way in our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray your blessing over your people today. Lord, I pray today that your, your wonderful grace would be poured out over their lives today in Jesus' name. Every over every father, every grandfather, or grandparents, Father, let your presence be over their life today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, I love for you just, just as we close, just maybe just turn to somebody and just, just pray for them. Bless them. And, and I encourage you also to do this. Over the course of this week, become aware of where you're fighting inside. Start to become aware, make a decision in your heart that you're not going to resist, that you're not going to fight. Don't make it too hard. Just don't make it hard on yourself. Just get to your knees and just open up your ears and let God speak. Respond when He speaks. That the grace of God will be poured out of your life. Amen. Bless you today in Jesus' name.